hello and get ready. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Pastor Steve Castle of Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is about to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny for those who are willing to open their hearts to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to radically display the Father's love for you. You are part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to Pastor Steve. So we we have uh, been in a series. Most of you don't know this because we've had a lot of stuff going on, but we're still in a series. And the <laughs> this series, this we're, we're there. I'm there. I don't know where you are. You need to quit getting lost. This series is called King and Kingdom. And I cannot tell you how relevant, based upon things that are going on in our world right now, that I can't say publicly because we'll be suppressed again. But I will allude to some things because they can't suppress me for illusion. Well, I, I guess they haven't tried yet, but um, maybe they will. Come get me. <laughs> You will need for this series the constitution of the kingdom. Every kingdom has a set of laws. And in the kingdom of God, we have a constitution. We have a declaration of independence. We have a bill of rights. Collectively, together, they are known as a B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. So if you do not have a Bible, these beautiful, the Bombards would love to make sure that you have one. You can keep this Bible, have it, hold it, kiss it, hug it. It's weird, but some people fall so much in love with the wisdom that's from above that they end up doing those kind of things. I remember there was a time, um, this is like before, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Raise your hands if you want a Bible, because they are waiting for you. Raise your hand. Um, all right, nobody wants God's word. Sorry, Sandy. They, I'm, I'm working on them. I'll get them there. When I was in Bible college, uh, the preachers would, uh, would teach us when we were learning faith. I went to a word of faith Bible college. And so obviously a lot of things were about faith and, uh, and a lot of preachers say, you just need to stand on the word of God. You need to stand on the word of God. And I was struggling. This was actually probably a time. I think I remember the exact. Is Kay not here? Oh, I'll be okay. See, I told you all pray for me. My wife is not up here. Um, Kay was, man, I can't say some stuff. Uh, she was, there was a, I just thought about it. Like I'm not at, I'm not at the marriage retreat. <laughs> I can't just say anything I want. I have to. The marriage retreat, I could just, everybody was like, get him. Um, so uh, Kay was struggling with some stuff, and I was struggling as her husband. It's my requirement as her husband to, to care for, protect, believe for her body, her physical body. And a lot of, hopefully, some husbands in the room that you get this, it, it is your responsibility to care for the body of your wife who gave it to you at the altar. 
this would also help a bunch of young people in here who are living in fornication. The worst way you could treat someone that you supposedly love is to violate their body sexually before marriage. Amen, said all the married people. <laughs> Amen. Get those kids, Pastor. <laughs> you can't tell someone you love them and then you violate their temple. It's oxymoronic. Here's one of my big philosophy words. Uh, I I was really struggling to get um, to get manifestation of what we were believing for in Kay's body. And, um, you know, it's... This is one of those times in my life that I learned how hard it is to really be in this kind of a belief system. You're in a church that believes all the way to the top. We don't, we don't have any speed bumps. We don't have any do-not-go lines. We don't have any glass ceilings. If it's, if it's Bible, if it's Jesus, if it's kingdom, we're, we're all in. Amen. I've seen the dead raised, blind eyes open, deaf ears open, cancers healed. I've seen all that kind of stuff, and we're going to see a whole lot more of it because we're that kind of church. And so, you know, if, if it ha- could happen in Bible days, I believe we're still in Bible days because I have a Bible. So, <laughs> And the frustrating part about that, so let me... Let me give some of you some, some peace or some comfort. The frustrating part about that is hearing about that, knowing that, hearing other folks testify and talk about it, but you're not specifically seeing it yourself. And it can bring in condemnation, which will then make you be comfortable going back to a lower form of believing and go back to, or go to some other kind of church that I won't name. And, and settle down and sit there because obviously none of that stuff happened for you, so you need to be in this lower form of believing God. No. That's why the enemy <laughs> is messing with you, is to get you out of the belief systems that you're supposed to be in. Because as soon as you get one really powerful, miraculous manifestation, he has lost his whole grip on your life. And then everything changes, and all he can do is cry. And it's beautiful. And so in Bible college, they just kept saying all the time, just keep standing on God's Word, just keep standing on God's Word, just keep standing on God's Word. And I finally got so frustrated with the situation with Kay, believing for manifestation of a physical healing in her body, that I literally took my Bible that my mommy bought me, 1994, I believe. It's signed in the front. To Stephen, from your mother. <laughs> you know God's got your number when he's sending you Bibles. And, um, and I took that Bible, and already it was raggedy by this time because I had just devoured it. And I took that Bible, and I said, God, I'm standing on your word. I'm standing on your word. I literally took that Bible and set it down, and I got up on top of it. I am standing on your word. And I know that you guys are like, ha-ha, real funny, Pastor. But I had to literally do something to prove to myself and what you might not understand is that growing up in a cult, it was crazy sacrilegious to stand on a Bible. It's crazy sacrilegious. I've been in people's homes where they have literally, like they've got those great big huge like 400 pound Bibles and it's on their end table. 
And I've been in there and I'm like, oh, hey, cool, the Bible. And I've flipped it open. I've had a lady one time say, hey, don't touch that. God, what? Or a mouse in it or something? No, that's not the Bible to read. That's for decoration. And I'm like, so is your Christianity. And it was kind of... It was really hilarious because I was there trying to help her deal with all these massive messes in her life. And her Bible was for decoration. I'm like, boy, this is ironic. <laughs> you, you should have a love and a, an attraction, a lust. There's a godly lust. I don't have time to get into it. For the Word of God, for the truths and, and, the, and the opportunities that are presented to you in that Word. And if you don't, just all I'm asking, if you don't, all I'm asking is why. And your answer might not be somebody else's answer. I just want you to ask why. There's a bunch of people that are really convinced that they're Christians. And I'm not saying that you're not. I'm not saying somebody's going to hell. And then there's another group of of people, even higher than Christian, who uh, believe that they love Jesus. And I'll be honest with you, Jesus is easy to love. He's done some really amazing, loving things, and so he's really easy to love. Your neighbor, your spouse, Jesus, easy to love. But let me say this, you cannot love Jesus truly, not truly biblically love Jesus, unless you love the Word. It's impossible, because Jesus said, I am the Word. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. In the beginning, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So if you say you love Jesus, the expression of that is a love for His Word. That is the constitution of the kingdom that we're going into. So what I'm going to do today, amen, because I have great courage. is I'm going to talk about, for the first time ever, 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 and we'll see how it goes if there ever will be another ever, uh, about end times. Yeah, I know. Uh, Half the room just got super scared, sucked all the oxygen out, and the other half of the room was like, Yeah! Been waiting nine years! The way I'm going to talk about end times is we're going to start in Matthew chapter 4. So if you have a Bible, please go to Matthew chapter 4. If you do not have a Bible, what's wrong with you? We just handed them out. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee. Galilee was his hometown, his home region. Uh, Most likely, everyone in the Galilee area knew him. Knew him by name, knew him by face, and knew him by nature. Uh, this would be the same as uh, if you were if you lived in Forreston in 1993, you'd probably know Steve, because that's where the state troopers parked their car. <laughs> I'm only half joking. Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their I like how that words it in their synagogues. He <laughs> weren't his. Uh, let me, I'm going to say this and then move on because I don't have time to deal with your offense. 
Uh, Jesus was not a Jew. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it, and then you can deal with it later. He was half a Jew. Teaching in their synagogues. You see how I'm like trying to divert from getting to the end time stuff because I don't like have a lot of uh, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. One kingdom. There's one kingdom, the kingdom. And healing all. Does anybody know what all means in Greek? If your gospel doesn't contain healing, it's not his gospel. <laughs> Amen. There are some really religious people watching me on YouTube getting really mad at me. Someone just threw a shoe at a TV. <laughs> but I have to believe in healing to believe that. No, you don't have to. Be sick. The kingdom Jesus believed in and the gospel Jesus preached had healing. You can have your own gospel. <laughs> Good luck. His gospel, the preaching that he did about his kingdom, the kingdom, contained healing for some sickness and disease. Who gave you all a Bible? We just were trying to... Nobody took any... Oh, you brought your own. Oh, God bless you. Uh, all sickness and disease. But here's the problem. Back then they didn't have COVID. So that doesn't, it doesn't, it's not included. Well, but like, well, okay. They didn't have like ADHD and, you know, we just invented these. Like Alzheimer's. Like Lou Gehrig's disease. Like he wasn't even born yet, so there's no way... So it was just all the sicknesses and diseases in Jesus' day, and then we invented a bunch of new ones, and so now everybody's supposed to be sick and sickened and diseased with all these new ones because Jesus was only referencing all those. Or the are you trying to say like the word of God is actually gonna keep up with humanity and, and it's still relative for today and these words still apply to Are you sure because COVID have you not watched the news? No. <laughs> like, COVID is like the Superman of all colds. Because it is a cold. The CDC literally said it's a cold. But it's the Superman of all colds. It can fly through plexiglass, around it, under it. It can jump tall masks in a single bound faster than a speeding bullet. It's the Superman of all sicknesses and diseases. Way, way, way worse than, I don't know, uh, like leprosy. You know, in the Bible, leprosy, no big deal. It was only 100% communicable. 100%. COVID's not. Um, 100% communicable. And it had a 100% mortality rate. Leprosy did. 
So it's not really even comparable to COVID because COVID is so dangerous. It has a 99.99% recovery rate. I mean, leprosy and COVID, I mean, they ain't even in the same planet. Like, COVID is like, <laughs> Leprosy, <laughs> like a headache. <laughs> That's why Jesus, with the massive pandemic, epidemic, disease of leprosy that killed 100% of the people that it came into contact with. That's why Jesus would tell his disciples to literally go heal people with leprosy. Like he would send his disciples into leprosy camps. I mean, we can't even get all the disciples to go to church. That's why we're doing it by Zoom. So the the virus can't come and get you because it can't go over. Well, I don't know. It is a super virus. So maybe it can go through internet and get you. Watch, I bet you, like within the next month or two on the news. Breaking news. COVID can travel through internet lines. I thought for sure. Uh, this is, I'm on a sidetrack. I thought for sure that people would catch up to the ignorance of this whole COVID thing when they were jamming Q-tips into people's brains and swabbing their brains, I thought for sure that people would be like, no way, like I am not. And I literally had this thought, I'm like, you know, at some point they're going to probably try to jam a Q-tip up someone's bum. And then, and then all of humanity would say, all right, that's enough. <laughs> they're doing it. <laughs> And people are letting them. You need to put it where? Well, it is COVID. And people are doing it. It is Come on, clock. And healing all manner. Do you see the word manner on there? It's not even just all sickness and all disease. All manner. Which means like even deviations. You know the Bible covers everything. So if there was a COVID-1... And healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among... You should not have this much fun in church. You guys get serious... And pious right now. Got stuff to do with Jesus and church and things. And his fame. You know, you want to be famous in his day? Give people the kingdom. Today, the way you get famous is to kind of create your own unique kingdom and sell it to people. Some of those kingdoms would be like, um, you know, the climate change mess with Greta, whatever her name is, who has 5 million followers because she's convincing everybody that they're evil people for eating out of styrofoam and they're killing the planet and you're all going to die. Well, hey, I should be her friend on Instagram. And you should probably take a Q-tip. Never mind. <laughs> that's, how, that's how our world is working right now is the more, the more evil, the more negative, the more anti-Christ, 
your kingdom that you live in. When I first heard about this dude, and, and I'm totally not hip, so if you're hip, just give me some grace. When I first heard about this, this person, Marilyn Manson, I remember thinking like, oh, I wonder what she's like. And I found out how popular she was. And then she's a heat. And really not even. I don't know what... But anyway, what makes him heard it popular is the weird of it. It's on purpose. This is the thing. And people, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but people kind of live this way. They believe that what they need to do to be unique, to be special is to be weird. You can tell by the way people dress and, and sometimes like hairdo and stuff. I, every time I see... Let me scan the crowd. I've got to be careful. <laughs> All right, I think I'm safe. Uh, we'll pause the YouTube. Uh, every time I see a girl with um, like ultra neon green hair and wearing whatever ignoramus things that are cool today, the first thing that hits my heart is, what? why are you so insecure? Why do you have to be a walking billboard to get people to even notice you? Don't you know that your Father in Heaven notices you so much that He sent Jesus for you? Is that not enough? Is that not enough? I'm wearing clothes because it's just not couth. To preach naked. Because I would, if it was up to me, because you know how much stress and problems, I could turn a whole room in my bedroom, a closet, I could like put tools in there. I could just clear it out. But I can't, because you guys aren't spiritual enough to handle me naked and unashamed. Well, what? But whatever you advertise, what you display is what you're selling. And because people literally don't believe that there's any value of any kind in their heart, they have to put something else on display and advertise it. And I, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm, dress pretty. Dress uh, for the girls, I guess. For the guys, dress whatever the word is we use. Dress nice. I mean, present yourself. But the point is, is that if that is what makes you unique then you're not actually unique. Because anybody can paint their hair neon green and wear weird clothes. That actually doesn't make you unique. You realize that every single buddy in Jesus' day had the exact same clothes and likely the exact same haircut. And yet Jesus was famous. Why? Because what he carried in here. What do you want to be known for? And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic. There are still devils today. Jesus didn't kill them all. People still are under demonic power, control, oppression, and depression. It still happens. I know it's totally politically incorrect to talk about, 
Because today we would rather just medicate our demons than actually deal with them the way Jesus did. And so today if you have demonic problems and you go to the doctor, they just give you some pills. And that deals with your demons. Pills cast out demons. Oh, for all the people that are listening to me on a podcast. I shook my head no. Because pills do not deal with demons. It just medicates them. And those which are lunatic. In today's world, if you're a lunatic, you get a padded room. In Jesus' day, if you were a lunatic, they brought you to Jesus. I wonder what we should do. I wonder where someone could find this Jesus. Camouflage. And had the palsy, uh, that would be uh, folks that had seizures that get extra medicine. And he felt really terrible for them and just blessed them. Oh, be warmed and filled. Oh, oh, and he healed them. (laughs) That's the gospel he preached and the kingdom he lived in. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from Jordan. I bet, I bet, when you're actually doing this, people are like, hey, um... You want to go to the church where they actually do it instead of talk about it? And then you have to buy extra chairs like we did. Matthew 10, chapter chapter 10, verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent forth. Does anybody know what the 12 he's talking about? The disciples. um, That he called apostles, but they were disciples. And before that, they were losers. If that offends you, you can send me an email later. I'm not going to read it. Uh, these 12 Jesus sent forth. What 12? The 12 that followed him around. The 12 that hung out with him. The 12 that did life with him. He said, since you've done life with me, since you've committed to being discipleship. Now, I will say this, that it wasn't everybody. He didn't send everybody out. He sent the 12 out. And I know this is going to be offensive to some people because we live in a world where everything has to be equal and he makes more money than me and so he's a jerk and we need to bring socialism into the church. But it doesn't work that way. There were people that were more committed than others and because of it, because of their additional faithfulness, they were able to be trusted with greater things, specifically these twelve. And what, one of the ways they displayed their faithfulness was that when Jesus walked up to them in the middle of their really cool lives, He said, follow me. And they did. It is a radical concept. Because in today, you can be considered a disciple if you've got a pretty cool life going on and somebody comes along and says, hey, you want to come to church? Yeah, I'll come to church and then you do the thing and then 
You pray the prayer, and you're good, and you're a Christian, and you don't have to change your life at all. You did the whole thing without altering one bit of your life. Way to go, awesome you. It's incredible how you did that. It's like miraculous. Maybe you're the new Christ. How you were able to take your jacked up life that was so bad, that was so powerless, that you had to find a Savior. And you were able to die away that old life and recognize your need for a Savior. And yet somehow nothing in your entire life changed. It is miraculous. Someone should give you a trophy. They do that a lot in today's world. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them. Well, I mean, we don't... Because we're in the New Testament, right? And we're, the, we're in the grace people and God's all love and grace and, and soft and fluffy and He pets you like a sheep. And He doesn't command us to do anything anymore. Now He's just like, hey... Will you go get me a water, pretty please, if I pay you by the hour? That's how it is now. But this, this evil leader, maniacal, law, completely legalistic church leader, Jesus, commanded his disciples. I know. How dare him. Acts like he's the Lord or something. And he said to them, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. But, go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Uh, Do you know what Jesus... This is... I'm going to take a little sidestep, and then I'll come back. Do you know what Jesus called a lost sheep? Maybe I need to not ask the congregation questions. This is just a hypothetical question. You know what Jesus called a lost sheep? How he defined what a lost sheep was? A sheep without a pastor. I could, uh, and I, I'm not being mean. For real, not being mean. For real. But I could probably count on two hands, maybe on two hands and two feet, the number of people. We have about 300 people in Beloved Church, the number of people that actually I am their pastor. For a ton of people, I'm just a cool spiritual leader. And they they respect the words that I preach. I get all that. And then their lives are completely lost. And then sometimes they'll call me and they're like, man, i got all these problems. Like, no kidding. It's like you're a lost sheep. Amen. Got one amen. That's one more than I thought. As you go, preach. As you go, as you go what? As you go into all these places. Let me 2021 it for you. As you go. (laughs) To work, to the store, to, to your friend's house. If you're allowed to go to your friend's house, because now you're only allowed to have social media friends, and they're not really friends. They just liked you, and they don't really know you. And then you got to do duck face, and then you get more friends. 
friends. As you go, preach. Well, I just, Lord, you don't understand. See, I'm not actually called to be a preacher. I'm just called to be a, a factory worker. I know. And when you were called to do that, God magically removed your tongue. And you can't talk ever while you're at your factory. It's in, you're, you're not even actually allowed. As you go, preach. And, he, and then he gives you the sermon. So all of you people that are really like, oh my God, I don't know if I can write a sermon. He wrote it for you. The kingdom of God is at hand. <laughs> Say it like on the inside. Practice it one time. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's your sermon. And if you look this up in the Greek, it actually says, the kingdom of God is in your hand. So you could preach a whole sermon. You could go to your factory and clock in and say, hey, Bob. I've used Bob for so long, I can't. Hey, Robert. (laughs) Guess what I brought to work today? I have no idea, Steve. What would you bring? The kingdom of God. Really? Did you get that on Amazon? No. I went to church. Oh, you must go to that church. This is the sermon. The kingdom of God is in my hand. And then they're going to say, what? Because that's how folks are. And right after they say, what? It says, heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you receive, freely give. Remember all these suggestions that Jesus gave to the twelve? But encouragements? Like if you're not too busy? If you can fit this in between TV time and McDonald's time and work time, if you're not too you know, tired or something, could you please heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons? Why? We miss this, the connection. We see that this is a command, and it usually messes with us. Like, Lord, you can't command me to do that. I can't do that. You're right. And so what he did was he put the kingdom in your hand because you can't do it. And so he said, well, I know you can't. So here's what I'll do. I'll give you a trick. I'll put the kingdom in here. And in the kingdom, you realize, in my kingdom, there is no such thing as sick people. If we all just floated... Up into heaven, because most people think heaven's up. It's not actually up, it's actually in here, but we'll just play with your games. So if we all floated up into heaven, how many sick people would we find? How many cemeteries? Okay, well, hold on. How many soup kitchens? 
Unemployment lines? No. Dominion voting machines? No, no, no. Don't suppress me. I, it slipped. It, I, so I'm going to get to dominion here. It's actually a Bible word. You've got to watch out for those fact checkers because they know everything. The fact checkers are actually smarter than scientists because I posted a science reviewed, a science peer reviewed study on Facebook the other day and the fact checker came on and said, no, stupid, that's all wrong. I'm like, well, I thought the scientists were smart. No, they're not smart. The fact checkers at Facebook are smarter than the scientists. Didn't you know? Heal the sick. That's a command. Cleanse the lepers. That's a command. Raise the dead. That's a command. Cast out devils. That's a command. How should you do it? (laughs) This will mess with some TV preachers. <laughs> I am an equal opportunity offender. I will I I don't have I said some TV preachers. Because some of them I love. I even work for one. I won't tell you who. You probably figure it out. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses. It's like he's promising to take care of them or something. Crazy Lord. Don't you know how much it costs to live in this world today? Don't you know the price of a car? Didn't you see the mortgage rates? Yeah, Jesus is completely ignorant to the status of our world. Nor script for your journey. You want me to turn off the GPS on my phone? How will the government find me? <laughs> it's really, really funny until the FBI shows up at your house, <laughs> which they did. They didn't laugh at my jokes. <laughs> Nor script for your journey, neither two coats, not even a backup coat, neither shoes. Well, in today's world, you can wear your shoes. In fact, please wear your shoes, because some of your people's feet. I have baptized some of you. Wear your shoes. Nor yet staves. That would be uh, weapons of self-defense. For the workman is worthy of his meat. So Jesus didn't say that they didn't need any of this stuff. What he was saying was, because you're working for me, I'll make sure all this stuff gets taken care of. See, this is where folks lose it. Because I can't do the, go do that kingdom stuff, Jesus. Because you don't realize, like, how much I need to do. Like, I've got to go to school, and I've got to, I've got to have a job, and I've got to do the thing and the stuff. And, I, you know, I've got, I've got at least two, three hours in glowing screens a day. I really don't have time for the kingdom. Because I've got to do all these things, because who's going to provide for me if I'm out there doing your kingdom? Let me just throw this out there. Don't answer. I'm going to ask a question, but you don't have to answer. Just think about it. 
If you had to determine who would take better care of you, you or the Father in heaven, who do you think is going to provide a better standard of living for you? Just... Um, I'll tell you that your answer, because you're sitting in church and I'm preaching right now, is going to be really spiritual. But I'll also tell you that you're a hypocrite. And I, I'm not actually looking at any individual person, so nobody can say, well, Steve called me. No, he called the whole room a hypocrite. Oh, that's much better. <laughs> because you can look at your lifestyle and see how much you have invested in making sure that you take care of you. Which means that you don't believe that he takes care of you. Amen. Did I just tell everyone to quit their job? No, no because sometimes people are like, oh, the pastor said quit it. No, I did not. If you go there, though, you better go there because you're told to go there. And when you go, you better do what you're told to do. And when you do, now you're not working for a paycheck. Now you are doing it for your king. And your king is going to bring his kingdom into your life. It's way better. I've done both. I've really done both. When I was making that six-figure income with the big title and all the cars, and I had seven houses, and I had cars, and trucks, and boats, and motorcycles, and all the stuff, and barely could sleep. I was so stressed out, and we never could pay the bills, and we had to rob from Peter to pay Paul, and we had credit cards, and it was over and over and over. And I'm like, I, I cannot tell you, like every week, Kay would be like, we don't have the I'm like, I make six figures, but we don't have the money. How much do I need to make? And I finally figured out it wasn't the fact that I needed to have some magic number of make. Do you know how many people make a hundred times more than you and are completely jacked up? They're killing themselves daily in Hollywood. Daily. Because this is messed up. You can keep throwing money at it all day long, but if this stays jacked up, you are jacked up. The whole world lives this way and they think if I could just get $15 an hour minimum wage, that would fix everything. Oh, you poor fool. You poor fool. And the fact that you believe that you're worth the minimum. You're a child of God. A child of God should never be worth the minimum. Ever. Ever. And whatsoever city or town you enter in, inquire who in it is worthy. That's a radical concept. When I came and planted a church, I did not go to city council and said, who's worthy of taking care of Stephen K. Castle and their children? They already had a problem letting me into the town. You don't move to, from Texas to Pearl City and everybody's like, hey, come on in. <laughs> And what into whatsoever city or town you enter and inquire who is worthy, and there abide till you go hence. Dance. And when you come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. 
It sounds like Jesus is literally personifying his peace. Like he's actually could send it somewhere and it would have a literal, tangible effect on where he sent it. And if they rejected it, it would return back to the sender. That's what it sounds like Jesus is saying. But obviously that's way different than our philosophy today, so it it can't be right because there's no way Jesus is right and we're wrong. And whatsoever shall, and whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. These are those verses that people don't put on their refrigerators. It doesn't give you warm fuzzies. You're like, so if you don't receive the people of God that God sends to you, there's consequences? No. You don't understand. I'm an American. I make my own choices. I don't have to receive anybody. Behold. That means looky here if you've lived in Texas. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Did he say you were a sheep? Yeah. That'll change your philosophy because sometimes we walk into situations like, well, I'm just a poor little sheepy coming in here and it's filled with wolves. No, it says as a sheep. It's camouflage. Didn't you remember what I said? Like people see Steve walk in and say, ah, it's Steve, that guy, that pastor, that church. And I'm like, hey, just here to to buy some gum. Are you sick? Kingdom of God. That's right. Got it it past security at the door with my mask off. I send you as sheep into the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents. And harmless as doves. I don't have time. Uh, but beware of men, for they will, they will deliver you up to the councils. <laughs> or governors. And they will scourge you in their synagogues. Or with their emails. And they will be brought, and you shall be brought before governors. See, told you. And kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. You know what the word testimony is? Martyrius, which is where we get our English word martyr. Well, I'm not willing to go that far for you, Jesus. Oh, he knows. But when they deliver you up, take no thought. <laughs> but Lord, they said terrible things about me on Facebook. Take no thought. Of how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in the same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you that speak. It's a radical concept. For it is not you that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaks in you. 
You, you notice how he said in you, not through you or by you, in you. Why did it say it that way? Because he speaks it in here, and then you say what you hear. And the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father the child, and the child shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. Uh, yeah, if you have a Thanksgiving gathering with more than eight people, your children are supposed to turn you in so the government can come arrest you for having an illegal gathering. But it's just in Canada. Don't worry about it in America. I threw it out for you. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endures to the end. If, if none of this stuff shakes you, cracks your foundation, throws you into the pity party or whatever we do in today's world, if none of this stuff gets after you and you just stay resolved and stay solid, there's a victory for you. So what we've seen was that Jesus came and by himself declared what the kingdom was and showed them what the kingdom was. And then he came to his disciples and said, now you've been paying attention? They said, yes, sir. He said, now you go do it. And they said, yes, sir. So then Jesus does this atonement thing that all of us probably respect and value because we're sitting in a church. And in this atonement thing, he takes care of all of the curse that came on mankind because Satan brought in a different kingdom. If you remember what God told Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, look, it's perfect. Now, go make the whole world perfect. Expand the garden until it covers the whole world. I want this garden kingdom to be everywhere. And they said, yes, sir. And then there was a snake. Snakes. And then it halted the kingdom. Well, then our rescuer from king, the kingdom, whose name is Jesus, who knows exactly how the kingdom works because he made it, comes down, tells us all about this kingdom, and tells us he's the king of that kingdom, Shows us how the kingdom works in his hands. And then tells his disciples to go do the exact same thing. And they do. Radical. So then what he decides to do was to eliminate all of the hindrances that could be in any people. Because somebody could say, well... Peter is just the most amazing guy ever. Don't you know? He was the first pope. So obviously the first pope can lay hands on the sick, but I'm just regular old Steve. By the way, Jesus didn't make Peter pope. Religious people did. And if he was pope, why was he married? Because popes aren't supposed to be married. So then, I'm going to stay right here. Watch. So then he eliminates all of the excuses for all of mankind by dying away all the sin, all the curse, all the destruction, all the misery, all the pain, and all the excuses for all people. 
And then just to confirm that that's exactly what he did, the father raised him from the dead. Whoa! So then he's raised from the dead. And he comes back and he's like, hey. And and they're like, hey, it's great to see you. No, they're like, what? (laughs) And he has a meeting with them. Says, all right. Did all this stuff. I'm paraphrasing. I did all this stuff. While I was in hell, kicked devil tail. I mean, kicked his tail all over hell. I'm going to tell you all about that in a couple weeks. It's fun. Like he literally had a parade kicking devil tail. That's why when you say the name Jesus, the demons go, and then they wet a little bit. And and you got to change their diapers. He tells the disciples, this is what I did. And then he gives them another command. It's like this guy, all he does is command. In Matthew 28, verse 16, the 11 disciples traveled, this is in the ESV, the 11 disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. Like he told them where to meet them. When they saw him, they worshipped him. (laughs) This is one of my favorite parts of the scripture. But some doubted. I, I know, you're so holy and filled with faith that you would have showed up and been like, oh, I believe everything. <laughs> you might have doubted too. And I know you're thinking, like, they're literally looking at the resurrected Jesus. There's absolutely no way they could doubt. I know! There's absolutely no way anybody who could ever read 1 Peter 2.24 that says, by his stripes you are healed, could ever doubt that they would ever be healed again. Anybody? Yeah. Believe it or not, you can doubt stuff. (laughs) I know it's a shocking concept to the amazing beloved church, but it it happens sometimes. Not to you. I mean, other people that aren't as holy as you. Verse 18, Then Jesus came near and said to them all, to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Does anybody know what all means in the Greek? So how much of all of heaven and earth's authority does Jesus have? Well, and then the next verse says, go therefore, go you, you, use the understood subject. Go you therefore. Are you all picking up on this? He got all the authority. And then he did what the Father did to him. Because the Father sent him down here to establish the kingdom, preach the kingdom, release the kingdom. And then he turned around and made an example with the eleven to preach the kingdom and release the kingdom because he sent them. And now here he is at the end telling them, preach the kingdom and show the kingdom. Because I have all authority. He literally handed them the authority. His authority. You know what this is? This is the Constitution of the United States that starts off, we the people. I, guess I get irritated at people that think like, oh, that, you know, we got to keep the church and the government separate. You realize that the entire government of the United States was established... On the Bible and biblical principles, they created the strongest government that had ever existed, ever. 
In fact, they were so scared of the government that they created, it almost didn't exist because two of the states would not ratify the Constitution because they were scared of the federal power that they were granting in this Constitution. And the only way that they signed... Those two states signed the Constitution was for them to have a promise of a bill of rights that would limit this new government that they were creating because it was so powerful. And so then Patrick Henry and Samuel Adams signed the Constitution and said, fine, we'll accept the Constitution if you give us a bill of rights. Because the government was so strong. So Jesus just establishes this worldwide and heavenwide government that he has all authority of, and then he says, you the people. Go into all the world that I have authority of. Teach all nations. Well, what if it's a Muslim nation? What if it's politicians? What if, what if they don't believe the way I believe? Teach all nations. Well, what if they'll fire me at work for talking about Jesus? Oh, well, that's an asterisk. No, go there for and make disciples of all nations. Anybody know it all? We can do this all day. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Immersing them. This is why people get all funky with baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you don't want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's fine. I, me personally, I would like to be immersed in the spirit of holiness for the rest of my life. If you don't want to be that way, that's fine. Nobody's going to force you. But I'm just telling you, it's way better being immersed in the spirit of holiness than being immersed in the spirit of this world, which is yuck. We'll do that later if you'd like to be immersed in the spirit of holiness at the end of service. And you shall be hated of all men. Oh, I'm sorry. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. To the end of the age. It's an interesting statement. I'm going to switch over to Daniel real quick, and I'm just going to read some stuff. I'm not going to explain some stuff, because if I start explaining the stuff, we'll never get out of Daniel. So I'm just going to read some stuff and highlight a few things that Daniel said. If you remember, Daniel was Old Testament guy. The reason that the th- that the wise men, not the three, but the reason the wise men looking, went looking for Jesus when the star appeared was because of Daniel. Daniel taught people how to look for the coming Messiah, and they found Jesus' birth in the stars because of Daniel's teaching. Daniel literally was a kingdom guy. He was teaching, and people were listening. Crazy. Verse 11, I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking. And I know you're like, wait, what's going on right here? Horns and beasts and stuff. I get you. Read the whole chapter later. I don't have time. That the horn was speaking. And I looked, the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. Did you catch that? There was a beast who had his dominion, or you could say authority, taken away, but he still existed. Think about it. 
And then Daniel says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. wonder who that is. And he came to the ancient of days. This is Ryan's favorite song. If you ever ask Pastor Ryan what his favorite song is, he'll tell you, Ancient of Days. He never one time ever let me sing the song. He's lucky I'm not the leader. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. Jesus came to the Father and was presented before him. What do you think the Father felt? What do you think the reception was about the presenting of Jesus before the Father? And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. Didn't Jesus just say this is what happened? And all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. Should. Not would, should. Should's different than would. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and His kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. I don't care what the outcome the media says of the election is. Being careful. His kingdom will not be destroyed. The people that are in His kingdom and are embracing His kingdom, and are not moved by what they see, will not be destroyed. Because His kingdom rules over all, and His kingdom shall not be destroyed. Anyone in a kingdom that cannot be destroyed is safe. Anyone outside of a kingdom that cannot be destroyed, good luck. Hope you picked a good secondary kingdom. If you're paying attention to the world, there ain't a good secondary kingdom. You might as well stick with the primary, the first, the best. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious. (laughs) He was a Christian. And the visions of my head alarmed me. If you had a vision like this, you'd be a little alarmed too. And I approached one of those that stood there and asked him, talking about a spiritual being, talking about an angel, talking about a spiritual being, which could be considered an alien. I know. A bunch of you are like, tilt. Done. Does anybody know what an alien is? It's someone from somewhere else. Right. Like an illegal alien is someone from some other country trying to illegally get into our country. They're an alien from another country. doesn't mean they're an alien from Mars. That would be Martian. So do you believe in aliens? Uh, I don't know. Trick question. Are there beings in other realms that are not like us? Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> I still can't say it, Pastor. It's way too kooky. I approached one of these, whatever you think it is, since you don't believe in aliens. I approached one of these that stood over there and asked him the truth concerning all things. And he told me and made known to me the interpretation of the things. These four great beasts, I don't know what you're going to do about the beast thing, because you don't believe that there is anything other than people. 
um, are four kings who shall rise out of the earth, and the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever and ever. Is anybody in here a saint? Half the church. We are going to have a revival today. If you're a saint, which obviously half of you don't believe you are, then you have a kingdom that you possess forever and ever and ever. Does anybody know that forever is a God word? Then I desired to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceeding terrifying in his teeth of iron and claws of bronze, and which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with his feet. Um, I don't want to leave you in suspense. It was the Roman Empire. And then the ten horns that were on his head and the other horn that came up and before which three of them fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things. You ever heard about all the philosophers and poets of the great Greco-Roman Empire? Yeah, Daniel knew about it before they came. That spoke great things and that seemed greater than its companions. And I looked and the horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them. Do you know the church was one of the most persecuted times for all of the church was in the Roman Empire? Until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given for the saints of the Most High. And the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. God has a way of making all things equal. Like God is a God of justice. Oh, dear Jesus. God has a God of justice. You know, when the devil is persecuting the church, it's so that you get out of the church. This is why people get church hurt all the time. It's so the devil can get them out. Because if the devil can get them out of the church, then they have the justice that they want. And then God can't bring His justice. But if you stay in and you overcome, if you stay in till the end and you overcome, then God can bring justice in for the persecution that you experience. Thus he said, as the four beat, there shall be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which shall be different from all the kings, which shall devour the entire earth and trample it down and break it into pieces. And for the ten horns out of the kingdom, ten kings shall arise and another shall rise after them. And he shall be different from the former ones and shall put down three kings. And he shall speak words against the most high and shall wear out, wear out. Isn't that cool? He shall wear out the saints. You know what this kingdom's trying to do to you right now? Wear your tail out. It's like daily. Have you been paying attention? I cannot say stop because I'm... But it's every day something comes down from the demonic leaders on high who think that they have power and authority to do things to you, your children, your grandchildren, and your great-grandchildren. They think they have a right to do that. And they are wearing out the people of God. And I'll be honest with you, I've talked to a lot of the people of God, and they're wore out. They're done. They gave up. They're going to sleep the day away. They're going to eat Cheetos. They're going to watch Star Wars on TV. And they're just done. They're going to watch little baby Yoda and talk about how cute he is on Facebook. They're done. They're out. This whole thing, living righteous, doing what God wants me to do, Pushing against the narrative of this world, trying to fight, actually going to vote, finding out your vote didn't count, doing all that stuff. And you just wore out. Daniel knew. So what happened? Trying to wear out the saints of the Most High, 
and shall think to change the times and the law. <laughs> this is in the Bible. And so try to change the law, like the Constitution. Like pack the courts and, and change the First Amendment where you actually can't have free speech and change the Second Amendment or the, the, the second clause of the First Amendment where you actually can't have church because you guys are the evil ones trying to have church in a pandemic. Don't you know? But you can go march and burn cities down and you're being really righteous. And where out the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change the times and the law, and they shall be given into his hand. For a time, times, and half a time. But God knew it. And he actually, like, called the end date. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you, it's very soon. It's so soon. Man, I wish I could talk. <laughs> but the court shall sit in judgment. Uh, for those people that aren't paying attention, the Supreme Court is supreme in name only. <laughs> They're not a, there's actually another court that's more supreme than them. I know it hurts their feelings, but it doesn't change it. And in that court, his dominion shall be Taken away. His who? I'm not saying names. His dominion shall be taken away in that court. And his dominion shall be taken away to be consumed and destroyed to the end. (laughs) And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High God. Anybody in here want to be a saint now? Oh yeah, look how that changed. No, I don't want to be a saint. Wait, we get what? Look at all the people got born again. Didn't even do an altar call. You like that? And be given to the people of the be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey Him. Why? Right. You guys are amening. I like it. Revelation eleven. This is the last stanza of scriptures for all of you that are like, oh God, this kingdom stuff. Me, when I read this stuff, I'm like, okay, so God's seen this time in that time. And then told me how this time was going to end back then in that time. And I know a bunch of people are just like, will you please shut up, preacher? For me, I like to see what my future is about. You don't have to. Revelation 11. I know, I'm going to Revelation. For all of you that have been... That have been around Revel, that have been, Revelation. That have been around Beloved Church for nine years. Mm-hmm. Revelation eleven. Now you guys like to shut up. And the seventh, and the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven. All right. So let me give you some uh, eschatology deciphering. <laughs> 
eschatology is a study of the end times for those of you that are kind of hip to the jive on the end times. In the, in the book of Revelation, there are, uh, there are vials that are poured out. There are angels that trump. I'm gonna, I'm getting away with it because it's actually in the Bible so they can't suppress it. <laughs> and and uh, there are seven seals. There's seven vials, seven seals, and seven trumps. And this is one of the reasons that people don't understand the book of Revelation, and they think it's like completely discombobulated, is because they don't realize that the seven seals, the seven vials, and the seven trumps are taking place concurrently, consecutively, but they're just happening from different points of view. One of them is from the point of view of the saints, one of them is from the point of view of the world, and one of them is from the point of view... I don't want to go there yet. (laughs) There's a third point of view. And those things are happening concurrently. So when you read Revelation 6 through uh, 8 and a half, um, that's one point of view. And then Revelation 9 to 11 is another point of view. And then Revelation 12 to 16 is another point of view. But they're happening at the same time. And uh, let me just synopsize it for you. The people of God, safe. Safe. Completely safe. Okay, let's say you don't believe me. Let me give you some Bible history. Was Noah safe in the boat? What about his family with him? Okay. You got me on that one. How about this? Were the Hebrews safe in the middle of the Red Sea? You all read that part? So they were safe in the middle of a Red Sea. Do you not know? Like Red Sea, like parted, like dangerous, scary... So they were safe there? Well, that everybody had to be safe then. So there were people that weren't safe and people that were safe at the same time. Are you guys sure you read that? Huh. So there's like historical, biblical precedent for God's people being safe in the midst of terrible things. Nine, I can go with that. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord. <laughs> yes, Jesus. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In these great United States, in this republic, and for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, undividable, where there is liberty and justice for all. And the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. I hope you have Christ as your Savior. Otherwise, it ain't your kingdom. And he, Christ, shall reign forever and ever. Your king, 
your Savior, your big brother, your Lord, and the lover of your soul is going to reign forever and ever. And God said it, so it's God works. Woo! Talk about waving a flag for the one that you believe in. Shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders, which sat before God on their seats, fell on their faces. <laughs> All these really pious and put together and three-piece suit people. Wow! <laughs> when Jesus is in the house, all composure is gone. And I know that's really messing with a bunch of you because during worship, you will not dance. You will not move your hands. I really want to raise my hands, but I am going to be composed. When Jesus comes into your life, when Jesus comes into your heart, when Jesus overtakes your soul and you stop trying to resist what your soul is trying to do, wham! <laughs> On your face. <laughs> and we'll clean up the snot and tears later. It's fine. Happens all the time. <laughs> and the four, and the four and twenty, <clears throat> and the four and twenty elders. Settle down, Steve. Settle down. Which sat before God on their seats, fell upon their faces and worshiped God. Saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come. Because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry. (laughs) I I bet. (laughs) King George, not happy. And the nations were angry. Did that stop God? Do I care what the opposing political party is trying to get upset about us doing in this building? Are you? Come on. They're going to get mad, y'all. They don't like your king. It doesn't not make him king. They just don't like your king. They're probably trying to convince you to not like your king. And people do. And the nations were angry. And thy wrath is come. And the time of the dead, that they should be judged, is their judgment for wickedness. And that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints... And to them that fear thy name, small and great, is their rewards for people that stick with the right king. Okay, now, hold on. I know. 1202, blah, blah, blah. Is their rewards for people that stick with Jesus? Is it just authentic? Ethereal rewards, like you get a, a glistening unicorn horn or something, like you get a new furry animal, like a Furby. Maybe you get a Furby in heaven. A Valentine's Day card. A trophy. Yeah, you get a trophy. You get a medal for participation. Do you think that the rewards 
that the creator of the universe, who like sneezed out a galaxy or two, just because, do you think the rewards that he has for you are something to be desired? If you were to compare something like, I don't know, winning the lottery versus having the king of all kings, the ruler of the universe, specifically and personally give you rewards for your life on this earth. Which one do you think would have more value? Now, don't answer, because some of you bought scratch-off tickets in your car right now. So we know what you believe. Because that's worth more. Because if that wasn't worth more, you wouldn't buy it. You would take the money for your scratch-off ticket and you'd go put it into the kingdom because if you put it into the kingdom, there'd be a reward that's in eternity. But if you put it into the scratch-off ticket, you might win the prize and get the money. So careful, I'll come check cars after service. And the temple of God was opened in heaven and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament. That means covenant. And there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. When the earth is shaking, when things are getting crazy, does that always mean bad stuff? Your world right now, I said all this to say this, your world right now is literally ours. Hours from everything changing. I'm being as precarious as I can with my language, but I'm telling you, we are hours from the greatest outpouring of the glory of God that the whole earth has ever witnessed. Hours. And if you are not prepared, you're going to stand there drool all over yourself and I'm going to have to come and shake the stupid out of you. (laughs) And God's not doing this to show off. God's not doing this because he's really perturbed about an election. God's not doing this because he doesn't like one, one political party over another. God's doing this because he loves people. And people on this planet have been enslaved. Enslaved in philosophies, in slavery, in addictions, in sexual misconduct. And it's been perpetrated upon us by our leaders. And God is about to make it right. And you need to be ready when this happens. And you need to remember that Pastor Steve stood right here. And told you that this was happening. And I'm telling you, you better prepare your heart. Because he's going to need a remnant of people that are going to go into this time. And they are going to rescue people. That have no idea what to do. Since their world just got turned upside down, which actually is right side up. He's going to need some apostles, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers that are going to go in 
and comfort ye, comfort ye my people. And bring them in to the philosophy of Christ. And show them how to operate in the kingdom of our God. That is now taking over all of the kingdoms of the world. And you are those people. If you accept the call. Please rise. I'd like to bless you. Thank you so much for sharing a few moments with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his precious, life-changing word. If you'd like to learn more about the ministry of Pastor Steve Castle and Beloved Church, please visit us online at BelovedChurchIllinois.com or call us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are part of the Beloved Family of God, and at Beloved Church, this is where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. Beloved, I pray, I desire, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved. Speak life.